my favorite TV show ever is back. White Lotus. Are you watching? Oh, gosh. You don't like it? It makes me sad. It depresses me. It makes me sad. I mean... Everyone's talking about it. I haven't. I saw the first season. I haven't seen the second one yet. Oh. I've heard it's about toxic masculinity. Yeah. Because, like, the first one was, like, really focused on, like, class differentiation yeah. and, like, class struggles. This one is very much about toxic masculinity. But maybe this will help. Aubrey Plaza's in it, and she's amazing. Yeah, I do like Aubrey Plaza. I love her. I don't know. It's like, I just don't feel like I need a metaphor to teach me about toxic masculinity. But it's not. I know. I know of it already. I'm aware. <laughs> I, I deal with it. I deal with it regularly. That's a good point. I don't. For me, it's not so much teaching you about it. It's more like this idea of like putting different people who suffer from it in different ways into like a fish tank and just watching what happens. You know what I mean? It's more of like an observation of it than like an education about it. Yeah. I mean, I hear that, but if you didn't like the first season, you probably won't like this one. It's very similar. Um, but in Italy, uh, Jennifer Coolidge is still in it, but I just the thing that I love the most about it, besides the fact that the music is fucking amazing. The cinematography is fucking amazing. The acting, the writing, like Aubrey Plaza is like a student of the classics and you can tell in the way that she acts, like she's just such an amazingly talented actress. Um, But the thing that I like the most is that, you know, most shows there's like this like swell and contraction of tension, right? Whereas with White Lotus, it just like starts a little tense and then it just gets more tense and more tense and more tense throughout the whole season. There's no, yeah. like you're holding your breath the whole time. There's no, uh, um, there's just no release until whatever's going to happen at the end. I don't know. Yeah. And then usually it's something bad for the people that aren't in positions of power. And then it just makes me sad. <laughs> it's not that I think it's a bad, it's not that I think it's like it's not that I didn't like it or think it's bad. I just like once again, I don't want. I want just want to watch something happy. Yeah, and then it all just gets stressful again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm Ramy. That's Robbie, and this is I Would Never Know, a podcast. <laughs> So how's your Black Friday, Cyber Monday shopping going? Um, yeah, I don't do that. At all? No. Um, but that's just because I don't think the deals are good enough. They're like 20% off. I'm like, I've you always have 20%. There's mm. always some kind of 20% off deal. Like, I feel like what I'm expecting is like 50% off, 80% off, and I'm just not seeing it. So that's my little. Yeah, I agree. I have, um, there's two categories of like shopping that I do this time of year. One is just like the Mm -hmm. things that I need for the house. So like, you know, appliances or furniture that I know that I need that just 
doesn't go on sale often mm-hmm. or yeah. um there's a couple brands that don't have sales throughout the year like my my number one is i go to the all saints store because i love all mm-hmm. saints and this is their best deal of the year and i got a really cute dress and it was like 30 percent off um but no i don't do a ton of shopping um and then there's just stuff that like i stock up on like hair dye um or yeah uh, i guess that makes nail sense. polish like they always have good deals so Something I was noticing though, as I was, and I also just love window shopping, even online. So I'm just surfing sales and not buying stuff. But something I've noticed, especially this year, and I'm not too surprised, is that um, sites are struggling. Like websites are really struggling right now. Um, I, you know, just little things like I was shopping for some hair products with, and a friend of mine was like, oh, let's put an order in together so we can get free shipping. I was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, and they were like, what do you want? I was like, I want this, this, and this. And they were like, uh, the, the 30% off the entire store coupon code is only working for half of those products. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And she was like, <laughs> some engineer fucked up. And I was like, excuse me? Like, mm-hmm. how do you know it was an engineer? How do you know it wasn't like a PM? Or da 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 and my did your did your friend work in tech or are you just being annoying um she's like tech adjacent okay but and then like also uh my partner was looking for a jacket and she went to this website and she got really excited about the price and then realized that half of the website was like it thought that she was in europe so it's giving her <laughs> like great british pounds which is i don't know mm-hmm. so it looked a lot cheaper than it was and so I was just thinking about this because I was like, man, obviously there's been a lot of tumult in the tech industry, which is probably leading to a lot of engineers leaving companies by choice or mm-hmm. not. And even if it's like a small company that's using like a Shopify site or whatever, like all these tiny websites have a bunch of other technologies that they depend on in order to operate correctly. Yep. And so I'm just wondering if like, I get this feeling that like the internet is just not in a good place because of all these layoffs and just all the the shit hitting the fan. Oh, you think it's because of the layoffs? I mean, well, my first thought is that um, direct to consumer companies sort of got hit hard by um, the like whatever we're in right now, the resurgence from the pandemic where instead of buying online, everybody is going out. Oh, interesting. And usually not even out to shop, but like eat. Like we were like, I did my shopping for two years. I actually just want to eat <laughs> and like be outside and like drink with other people. But yeah. um but so my first thought is that and like we've sort of seen this that these companies had layoffs even before the tech layoffs really got into full swing recently. And so my immediate thought is like, well, they're gonna have trouble. Mm. Even if they are on Shopify, like they're, they're going to have trouble because they probably let a bunch of their engineers go. Yeah. And <laughs> then besides that, as somebody who I actually have never done Black Friday stuff, I've done other things. What do you mean? Like as an engineer? Yeah, but I can't specify. Oh, I see. So you might have been involved in a large Black Friday-esque type of sale for your company. Yeah. Gotcha. For my company. 
Black Friday adjacent type of thing. So you don't have Black Friday um, trauma, but you have sale day trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Sale day trauma. And the thing is, like, say this thing that happened, say it was, I don't know, maybe in the spring, summer, we would start preparing for it in like November. We'd, we, you, like, we have to have a plan. We have to have, like, we have to test mm-hmm. our system and increasingly test our system and, like, teach everybody else for, you know, whatever. If we're doing 24 hours, if we're doing 48 hours, like, we do it in shifts. And then we've got to, like, teach everybody else how to use this very specific, like, separate system from what our usual system is for, like, the high increase in, um, like consumers and like the high increase of use on our platforms. Sorry, mm. but am I no, that's getting to like, I think that's a really good like point to make is that these things don't just happen. Like you don't just hit a button and up oh, black Friday um, no. sale is on. And I think it's interesting. I think there's two issues with that one, which is kind of a whole other conversation, which is just like the poor economics of spending 80% of your time for like 10 days out of the year in which you mm-hmm. acquire your lowest value customers because if somebody mm-hmm. buys things on your website during a black friday sale they're clearly just there for a deal which means they're not going to buy things again until you have another sale so you're not really even though you're making a lot of revenue during that time your profits kind of suck and it doesn't sustain throughout the rest of the year if you have an actually good sale um so, and then this, so that's one thing, which we don't have to, let's not get too deep into the economics of it. But the other thing that I think is really interesting, which I think is the other reason why uh, the internet's probably suffering right now is for, even for the engineers who haven't gotten laid off is just burnout. It's just fucking exhausting. Oh yeah. Um, well, I did say 24 hours, 48 hours yeah. and we take it in shifts. It's not like it's like a nine to five ordeal. Oh no. And it's not even like, you know, 24 hours. It's probably longer, but yeah. I, um, I, at my last company, I was the tech lead for all of Black Friday for the whole company. And it was like, man, I really felt like I was like a general in an, in an army going to war. Like it was rallying the troops. It was long-term strategy. It was trying, like, trying to keep morale up. It was planning for any weaknesses that we have and trying like it's it's just it's just so much and in a world where people are just like getting consistently more and more burnt out and there's just no release there's no relief there's there's like i don't know i just feel like in the tech industry especially but in every industry right now um everyone is just really struggling and so yeah when you push people so hard for this super important thing like when you have a Super Bowl and people are already exhausted, like you're, ex- mm-hmm. there's a reason that like the Super Bowl is usually the worst game of the season, right? It's because it's at the end. Everyone's really tired. Like yep. you're not, yep. you know, you're not playing your A game. At least I think that's the case. I don't know. I'm not a sports ball person. So do you want to talk about like what, like potentially why these sites are going down or what's happening? Yeah, I think we should talk about why things break well you said you led um black friday for your your company i was in i was in charge of uh, monetization um but 
making money one of my old companies <laughs> what does that um, mean monetization it means that i was in charge of anytime there was a deal oh so it would be like happy uh we had one for the super bowl oh there you go so the super bowl is yeah. happening in your company that has nothing to do with the super bowl yes is like hey <laughs> super bowl's happening yeah. give us your money give us your money um or valentine's day like there we did like every we ended up doing every holiday eventually and it was just me and of course here's here's something that people might not know is that a lot of times at companies you can't just like flip a switch and turn on a deal because we didn't like the engineers or the people making the product didn't think and also we should think ahead and remember that we'll probably want to put a deal on this like item or site or you know piece of like whatever service we make yeah so you spend all this time making this technology and then only for some then you realize you have to go back in there and change a bunch of code for like three days yeah so i think that's a good point like for bigger companies like the ones that we're talking about where everything is custom there's this whole like like so many little things occur that you know for example maybe um uh the price is set on each item and then there might be a global sale but there's items that are already discounted and how do those impact that and then there might be like you know some things are 20 percent off some things are 30 percent off some things are five dollars off and so how do you apply those rules how do you make sure that that gets respected not only in in the display on the page but also um on in the cart and in the checkout and in the the mm-hmm. billing and and all these little things have to go right and the bigger the company so is so many little things the less mm-hmm. communication there like the, the harder communication oh, yeah. is and it's not oh, yeah. like if you're doing it right and i think it's a, i think i can say if you're doing it right um you're not just as an engineer going in and updating like a database to be like, okay, this is 20% off. You're building tools that other people use, you know, still technical people, but non coders use to set prices. And so you then have to educate the people on how to properly set those deals. Yes. And um, so just, there's just so many things. It's not just, it's engineers, it's designers, it's, it's um, digital producers, it's, uh, it's PMs, it's, so many people. Wait, I want to cut in because it is. It's also the legal team. Um, oh. Okay. Like if we really, because you talked about globalization, there is so much. You have to get translations done, right? Um, you have to find these people, that, you know, maybe, I guess we're talking about big companies here. Like, in it, it, like where I worked, it was all in-house, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you're going to need, depending on where your company ships to or, or where it's based or whatever, you're going to need, you know, Japanese, you're going to need French Canadian and then also French French and then also, <laughs> you know, Spanish Spanish and Mexican Spanish. And like there's all of these like specific things that have to be done. And when I say the legal team, too, and why I say translations are important is because um you don't want there to be some kind of weird um misunderstanding mm-hmm. in whatever is being translated and specifically also when i was working on monetization stuff the 
I think it was like the EU and also India passed some kind of law. This is like fuzzy. It's been years, mm. but passed a law that required um, authentication with your bank if you were like buying something from like another country. It was just really confusing and convol- and like the legal team. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. With oh, oh do you know I, like I mean kind of like. I'm yeah. aware of this, but it's usually luckily something I haven't had to be directly involved with. Yeah. Yeah. So the legal team has to get involved and be like, okay, let me look at the laws for every single mm-hmm. country you're about to sell to and make sure that like you have some kind of system in place to, cause also the thing is you want to make sure that they're able to check out as quickly as possible because it is, you know, black Friday and you don't want to yep. be holding the system up. There's, I'm going on my little rant again. But anyway, <laughs> it's so funny though how like I think this is such a big deal because like if we were to zoom back out, like most people are like, whoa, 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 Robbie, Ramy. All I wanted to know is why is this code not like working for this item but not this other item? And it's like there's not always just like a super obvious answer. Um, yeah. I mean, okay, so here, like, okay, uh, just an example of why things could break. Um, a lot of times things are built for a small, like you, you build something initially to be like, okay, can I build this thing? Can I get it up? This, this company doesn't exist. We haven't sold anything yet, but I need to just get this website there. And then all of a sudden it takes Mm -hmm. off. You never just like stop and go and just redo everything. So you have to constantly be trying to update it, update it, update it. And so I had something recently where we had a big push and, um, we pushed out a, a new, like some new software that was um supposed to store data um from like a survey uh that you fill out on another website like a and so we, we pay for the service that builds surveys right and we were like man so we created a new survey all the old ones worked and the data just would never show up on our dashboard and we're like why isn't this data showing up and we realize it's because there's one line of code somewhere that will only look for surveys that have a certain name or a certain word in the name of the survey. And we were like, we had no idea about that. And so it was just this simple yep. little thing that, again, it's like a communication that first off communicating amongst people that are still at the company is one thing. Once people leave mm-hmm. the company and there's layoffs, you lose all this like, um, you know, yep. cultural knowledge. Um, one thing I guess I just want to like also just mention that is just hilarious to me is like coordinating all these things is such a crazy effort. Um, mm-hmm. There's a thing called a Gantt chart. And, um, a Gantt chart is basically like, oh man, just Google it. It's just a chart where like, you're basically like this starts now and ends like this activity, you know, updating the prices on the site begins at this time on this day and ends at this day on this time. And it's in this person's Mm -hmm. lane. And you like, when we did this black Friday push, there was like 300 items on our chart and they all have to happen in like some sort of sequential order where certain things have to happen in parallel. Certain things have to happen one before the other. And just the amount of like communication needed is just, and again, for people who are exhausted right now, it's, it's just, yeah, (gasps) yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a good point too, in terms of like, remember, we're not like, we're not all selling to our same time zone. That's why it's 24 Mm -hmm. hours. That's why it's 48 hours. That's why we're doing it in shifts. Um, And you also have to remember that it's Black Friday, which means that like, these are people who honestly are also probably working during like 
you know, if they're American and they celebrate Thanksgiving or something like that, we're sort of already annoyed to be working during the holidays <laughs> or something. I uh, I have definitely um, had my laptop open at Thanksgiving dinner before, yep. which yeah. sucks. Like, that's fucking rude. Like my mom spent all this time making this turkey and I'm just like, hold on, I got to fix something so that capitalism can occur tomorrow. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I'm not going to get into my little capitalist spiel. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I think we're all on the same page about capitalism. (laughs) Um, Okay, but I did want to talk about, um, yeah, so we talked about the layoffs. Oh, something I wanted to get back to quickly Hmm. is that with the layoffs, with people already being tired and with the idea that um, everything like, is not built to already like have a promotion built in, you know, Mm -hmm. be like set up to have a sale. Um, And actually I saw this like little chart on TikTok because I'm a TikTok person now. Um, And I mean, it was to explain Twitter and why Twitter is going to like have issues later down the road. Mm -hmm. But it was basically like, if you picture a Jenga, I don't know. Game. Jenga. Is that Jenga? Jenga. Tower. Tower. Yeah. If you picture Jenga Tower, and then it's like still standing, but all of like as many of the blocks that you can get out from the bottom mm-hmm. are gone. The simple right? ones. It's just like, yeah, it's skeletal at the bottom, and then the top is built really well. And that is like what technology is like. So I just want to, because. It's not that engineers want to build things poorly, but if you are going fast and that is what you're doing, if you're at a startup, and of course, if you're building something for the first time, you are most likely at a startup, even like, I don't know, like Google was a startup at a point, right? Mm. And that code is potentially still there doing weird things, weird skeletal jenga e things and like not built totally properly anyway Ooh, so this is let me uh, get back to my point oh sorry my point was basically just to say that we're already dealing with that sort of structural integrity issue in our technology <laughs> we don't like if everybody is being laid off we don't have the time to invest in building things properly now and then they say you know, let's do this whole Black Friday thing. And I think you already said this, but my immediate reaction is, well, let's actually build some kind of infrastructure, some kind of like technology that will assist in Black Friday so that we don't actually have to manually change all of this code. Oh, totally. Like, and of course, that's sorry, but that's not happening if they just laid everyone off. They don't have the time or resources to do that. So then they just make the engineers do everything manually, which is going to break a bunch of stuff, which is going to cause a bunch of problems, which is going to make the engineers have to log back on during their holidays to try and fix the problems because it wasn't done right in the first place. Yeah. Okay. And what's I'm worse done. is the reason behind all of this. Is just that, hey, we need to make some more money before the end of the year. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. come up with a better way. Like, 
I don't know, launch a new product or, I don't know. but anyway, uh, so I think you, 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 you bring up, you're kind of dancing around this concept that I think is really interesting that, um, for, especially for non coders to, to hear about, which is this concept of what we call legacy code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, legacy code is basically old code that, as you mentioned, like, you know, was written early on in the company when it was a startup and it might still be there today because it's technically working, but it's hard to work around. Although every engineer, there's a joke. That's not really a joke. That's legacy code is the code that was written before you showed up, (laughs) Um, which, (laughs) and so, um, and I think that makes sense because if you're hiring engineers, it means you're growing, but you should be scaling. The company's doing better and you're taking on more volume, more adding more products, doing this, that. And it's like the code's not up to date for that. Um, when I worked at a large, over 100-year-old insurance company, yeah. um, there was a conversation. Or yeah, so I was I was putting in for um, like a reimbursement, right? Like I bought something for the office that I like some equipment, and I was like, "Oh, this is funny." There's um there's a category in here um, for expenses called um, mainframe uh, repair, and I'm like that somebody must have forgotten to take that out. And they're like, no, that's for when we have to repair our mainframe. I was like, what do you mean a mainframe? Like that's old as shit. And they're like, yeah. So the original algorithm for underwriting was written on a mainframe. By the way, a mainframe is like a predecessor to like modern computing. Like it's just, it's like hand coded. It's very old. And, um, mm-hmm. and they were like, and the code is so old and gnarly that nobody knows how to reverse engineer it. Like, so nobody mm-hmm. actually knows what the underwriting algorithm really is, but it still works. So we just keep repairing it, this machine. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so like, they have to work around this legacy system. Um, but so, yeah, so the idea is that like, I made this metaphor, I, I, I gave this metaphor recently at my company, you know, the first version of the code for our product is um, you could think of it as a machine, right? And I work at a company that tattoos people. Basically we build, ta- we make tattoo ink and we have tattoo studios. So you put a person in on one end of this machine on the other end, they come out tattooed and it happens at a very, like there's a process for it. Like what happens first? What happens second? When do they make the appointment? When do they fill out a design survey? Blah, blah, blah. If you're telling me that you want us to change the order of those things, it's actually very, very, very difficult to go into this machine that is one unit and, and change how it works. So over instead, over time, what we want to do is take each of those capabilities out and build a separate machine that does the one thing instead of one machine that does everything. Mm-hmm. And then we can actually easily just swap the order of those things. And so it's this idea of taking this, this code that's very like one purpose uh, it does, it, you know, it's, it's, or it's, you know, hard coded to be in this one process and being able to actually modularize it and, and build like long term sustainable code, which obviously nobody did the first pass because they didn't have time for that. There was no money. It was like, we have to get to market well, ASAP. Let me say though. So you're talking about this and obviously like you're a nerd high up at your company. So yeah. <laughs> So you can like you have more control over this, but like individual contributors, engineers. Um, so everybody always says this is a concept of this is what we would also call tech debt. Right. Everyone always says we're just going to build it and we're going to get it working and then we're going to get more funding. And then eventually it'll 
you know, we'll split it up into these individual modules and then we'll actually get it to be like really nice and easy to use. And instead, what I've seen happen is they're like, well, that would be lovely, except we just would like to make more money. And if it's not broken and if you can maintain it, even though it takes more of your time to maintain it, like we don't actually care as much as if you could create this new feature that we hope will give us more money. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's that's that's the hard thing is like it takes time and resources to make things better and it takes time and resources to make things that are new. And it's really, really hard for you to, I mean, it's hard for businesses to, to decide between the two. They usually decide on the new thing. That's, I mean, that's why the main, like if you're using the mainframe example, I'm sure if they dedicated resource, like enough time and resources, they could get off the mainframe and like people are smart they could eventually figure it out but they don't want to dedicate the time and resources available no. to well actually do that because to the the um this is one of the difficulties of large companies i think is that the people who make the decisions about what you prioritize can be so far removed from the actual people who are doing the work that to them yeah. they'll say well if it ain't broke don't fix it whereas the people who are working very close we're like oh it's fucking broke Mm -hmm. like it's a problem for us in our day-to-day and so i think that's why another reason why things break is that it takes a lot of work to have an organization that at every level is communicating well enough so that the balance between making things better and more sustainable and building new stuff is is maintained because it's it's there's no right answer. Like one, it's not like you either do one or the other. It has to be a balance. You need to build new things to, so that the end users are like, I'm getting new features. I'm getting, you know, new pages on the website. I'm getting new capabilities in this like user journey, but you also need it to be like, you know, more and more people can come to the website and they have a good experience and it doesn't have like really bad lag. I mean, the problem the downside with um, ad- addressing technical debt and technical debt is just like corners that were cut early on, um, the t- things that don't scale. The problem with addressing that is if you're doing a good job, nobody knows. You yeah. know, the site doesn't break. People don't have a bad time. Things do work. Yeah, but it's just more apparent when m- more and more people use the site and um, management is super, I mean, obviously going to be super intense about something like black friday because that's when they're trying to make the most money and so then everyone's like hyper focused on it and stressed out about it yeah yeah do you have any insight into shopify i actually don't know a lot about shopify but i'm wondering since it is you know being used so widely it's probably like that's actually, a, yeah, that's a good point or a good question. Cause the other, like going back, I, I said, you know, there's, there's these big sites, like the ones that you and I are referring to where everything is custom built. And yep. obviously we have like, that has its own issue. So then you're like, all right, well make it easy. Right? Like if I'm using Shopify or uh, a Shopify competitor, I, I don't know. There's a couple out there. 
Um, or, you know, my website's on Squarespace or I'm using Stripe or yep. whatever. I'm using all these different technologies that I'm buying rather than building. It should be fine, right? Well, then you have another issue because, you know, if you look at the big companies right now, um, you know, Facebook ad manager is one of the big marketing technologies used by um, a, a lot of small businesses or Twitter has their own advertising, whatever. These bigger platforms, if they're going through changes and they're having issues, um, you know, for example, um, let's say something in AWS breaks, AWS is Amazon's web services, <laughs> something like more than 70% of the internet runs off of AWS. Meaning, and the New York transit system. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> just Last time AWS went down, the, so did the, like, what is it called? The MBA? No. Is that basketball? Uh, the NBA M- is... You're the MTA, you mean? The MTA, yeah. Whatever, <laughs> dyslexia. Dyslexia, leave me alone. Um, MTA went down. Anyway, go on. No, Keep it, talking about 70% of the internet. Yeah, it runs on AWS. And so if somebody makes a mistake at Amazon or if a bunch of people get laid off and that causes things to break because people don't realize, oh, hey, these emails were going to this one person instead of to an entire group of people and that one person left or got laid off. Uh, and in those automated emails, now nobody was seeing them and something broke and we don't know how to fix it. That impacts a large swath of the internet. Same thing like, and I, I mean, again, if Shopify had an issue in their stores, that would have massive impact on cyber sales for, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's, it's another reason why things break is you have these dependencies. I mean, any one store, let's say you have an online store, you have like three employees, right? How simple, like, or how difficult can it be? It's got to be simple, right? Well, you've got Shopify that manages your inventory and manages your front end, like the website, maybe, or maybe you have an agency that builds that. You've got um, maybe Stripe or another payment processor. You've got some sort of CRM, a customer relationship manager. So something like Clavio or... Salesforce or whatever that actually like stores your customer information, handles all the emails and everything. You've got Twilio, which handles or something similar that handles SMS. Um, you've got all these little things in there. You've got shipping. You've got bup, 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 down the line. There's just so many different technologies that you have to stitch together. Uh, you might have a chatbot on your site. That's another one. You've got you might have an FAQ on your site. That might be another one. And so eventually you realize like. It becomes its own Jenga tower, but the worst part is that you're not the person moving the blocks around. Yeah. Yep. You're reliant on, on this. And so, you know, all it takes is one, one website to go down. And I will say like, as somebody who's had multiple cases where I've been, um, managing teams who have an, a big incident and we realize, okay, it's because our hosting is down or AWS is down or whatever. Those are like, it's the best and worst things. Cause on the one hand it's cool. Like, Hey, we didn't, we didn't break this and we don't need to scramble to try to fix it. But on the other hand, there's nothing we can do in, in most cases, there's nothing we can do. Um, yeah. You just have to sit here and wait and hope that it comes back. Okay. My question for these kinds of places is 
do they have some kind of like ghost engineering team, some kind of skeletal team? Do they use contractors? Like if you are on, if you're a company and you're like a legit, like real company, you know, you're not, you know, Tanya and Ben from, um, you know, Minnesota who are selling candles on the side. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really hope we have listeners who are named Tanya and Ben who are in Minnesota selling candles for like, oh, how'd they know? Hey, y'all. I mean, <laughs> hey, y'all. I wouldn't mind a candle. Like, I love that for what you. Would a, but like, what would an I would never know candle <laughs> smell like? Um, What would it smell like? Well, my first thought was despair. But then I was like, I can't wow, say that. Wow, that is terrible. But I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I think, I mean, it would definitely, my half would smell like coffee. Oh. Because I drink so much fucking coffee. Here's an empty Starbucks container. Um, so, yeah, my half would smell like coffee. What would your half smell like? I don't know. The hospital? Because <laughs> I'm sick. Oh, my God. I'm not taking that out. It would smell like coffee and despair. <laughs> Okay, well, Tanya... To spare the hospital, is there a difference? Anyway, Tanya and Ben, get on that candle. Anyway, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying, so if you're an actual company and, like, do you... And you're using Shopify, do you hire engineers? Oh, yeah. Do you have contractors? Do you have, like, three engineers and they're just there to tell just to talk to the Shopify engineers. So it depends on what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, So yeah, obviously base level, you've got Tanya and Ben, they go to Shopify's website. They just set it up. It's, it's called a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. So you can just click and type stuff in and it just works. Um, And then you might want to get a little bit more complex. So you might want to get some different integrations in there. And there's certain things that you can like, again, like, for capturing your customers' emails and, and being able to email them. There's integrations that you can just click and um, boom, yeah. integrates. But then you might want it to be a little fancier and you might want to do some custom coding so that it doesn't just look like off the shelf. And um, for that, yeah, usually you would hire an agency. Um, you'd, mm. you'd hire an agency to handle that for you. Or you could hire one engineer who's just like, yo, I got you um, part-time or something like that or hourly. Same thing as... I mean, ultimately, same thing as hiring an agency. And then there's another thing called uh, headless. And what that means yeah. is you don't use any of the visual layer of Shopify. It's just like your database, your backend, just, uh, and you build your own website that hooks into that. And if you're doing that, then you definitely want to either hire engineers or more likely if you're not looking to have internal technical people, you just hire an agency. But even then... Um, even if you have software engineers, you might want to introduce e-commerce as like another part of what the company does. Um, let's say you work for a company that uh, does, I don't know, teeth whitening. I don't know. And so your company, they have teeth whitening studios uh, and you're, you're building the, you know, the website and the scheduling and the booking and the payment processing and all that stuff is just built in house. Fine. But then they say, Oh, I got this really cool idea. We can sell teeth whitening kits that are for at home. In addition to our in-person, like, you know, show up and do it. And you're like, okay, well, here's 
you know, and maybe like it's a team of like four or five software engineers working there. You're like, all right, here's all the things that we would have to do to be able to sell these kits on our website uh, and sell them in store. And you realize it's actually kind of a lot because you have to do inventory management, right? You have to know whether or not it's in stock. You have to know, maybe it's like, oh, hey, you can't actually sell these in California because they have crazy laws about chemicals. And so maybe it's just, you, you have to ship it everywhere else. And and then you have to handle shipping and you have to handle like the ability for people to create accounts and things. And so, so the question is now, wait a minute, I'm an engineer, so I can build all this stuff, but maybe it's actually a better use of our time and money to just buy something off the shelf that works and use Shopify or again, look into like using Shopify for part of it, like the headless, but then have our own custom website that hooks into it. Or maybe even just hiring an agency just to get it built and then they hand it over to you and then you just kind of own that code. Um, I think that's a very common approach, especially if you think about things like a mobile app, right? Like building a mobile app is a lot of work and and you have to hire a a whole team of people for it. That's true. Or you just hire an agency and you as a technical person can probably manage that agency just like you would manage people that you hired in-house. The only difference is that these people have a track record of doing this. Yeah. Just sounds lonely. I mean, (laughs) nothing to do with actual, (laughs) nothing to do with actual product or engineering. I just like, don't want to be the only engineer on a team. It sounds sad. Yeah. Smaller, smaller companies can get lonely, but you talk to me, Ramey. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, I'm good. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think this was a really cool conversation. I hope people found this like interesting. I know it's, did they, I don't know. They'll have to tell us. So tell us. Right and tell wait. Um rate us five stars, please and thank you. Like <laughs> I feel like y'all haven't been doing that and I would very oh, much like you to. Y'all just got um, called out by the host of your favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean if you enjoyed this episode, rate us five stars. If you didn't enjoy this episode, listen to another one. Rate us five stars. Listen to another one. Thanks. Okay. Sorry. Did you have anything no, else? No, I mean that's that's it. Just be be friendly to your friends who work at companies that have Black Friday sales because just know that they're going through it right now. And for those people who are going through it, I, I I'm I, I feel you. I've been through it and um, just know that, uh, you know, there it's, it's just one, one time out of the year and maybe. there are other companies that don't have black Friday sales. And maybe next time you're on the market and you're looking for a yeah, job, just ask them, them, what do you think about black Friday sales? <laughs> oh God. Or Super Bowl sales or whatever. Or Super Bowl sales. I will say as an, on an ending note, after the Super Bowl sale, I did convince them to give me like five engineers and we built a system that did it instead of just me doing it. Oh, there it. you go. Okay. All right. Good night. Good night. May I be blunt with you? If you'd like to write in with any questions you'd like to have answered, topics you'd like covered, or other general nonsense, send Ramey and I an email at IWouldNeverKnowPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Are we doing?
doing this again? Oh, we're going to do this again. Are you sure? Oh, and then we're going to do it again and 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 again and